Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Hey, welcome to the podcast. How's everybody everybody. doing? (laughs) We are having a good time. Did you guys know, here's a little secret, Um, if you're not looking at the video, then you know, won't be as relevant, but, uh, we usually do this late at night, like nine, <laughs> 10, you 11. Guys can see outside the window, it's pitch black. That's maybe because we have eight kids, busy life, ministry, a lot it's going on. It's quiet this time of night. <laughs> well, this yeah. is it. This is an awesome episode. Uh, five areas. Your marriage might be a bad example for your kids. Okay. That's, I mean, I'm already convicted. Well, I didn't tell you what any of the tips were yet. <laughs> okay, so this podcast is going to go a little bit differently because Isaac prepared the podcast kind of by himself. Yeah. I mean, we brainstormed the five reasons and we talked about them a little bit, but I was you had a busy on, day. I was working on some stuff for church. Yeah. Planning the women's retreat. There we so, go. It's going to be awesome. January. I know. I'm so excited. Here we go. So... Well, welcome. We are so glad you're here. And uh, I thought we're going to dive in. We have five keys for you guys, practical information, scriptures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. By the way, I don't know if you knew this. Some of you probably do. CourageousParenting.com and hit podcast, all the show notes, scriptures, uh, links to any resources we talk about, and uh, video of this episode too. There's also a YouTube channel, but uh, you know, if you're on iTunes, give us the five stars. That helps it get out there. Just takes a tap, write us a review. We read every one. It's awesome. And a quick update because there's some cool things going on, and we'll dive in. But uh, 300,000 downloads over that. I mean, we're over 300,000. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's amazing. Thank you, everybody, because I mean, it's it's a blessing to just get the good seeds out there of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really positive uh, in impacting people. Uh, We've we are now just filling up the eighth parenting mentor program. The very last one. The very of last one of the year. And we're reflecting and looking at things and it's just amazing. How many, uh, how many couples, Isaac? Have over been? 200 couples, so around 400 parents. There are A some, couple church groups. There are some courageous single moms in there. Love them. Yeah. They take it so seriously. Big impact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so just getting all the feedback of that. We get so many text messages back of people in the Parenting Mentor Program. Yeah. Just raving. I was just looking at some of your text messages from some of the, the ladies today because I was looking for something. And it's just- Specific, yeah. Yeah. And it's just powerful to see the just encouraging stuff in there. Um, donations. Wow. Incredible donations coming in. We don't hardly ever talk about that, but there's a button on the site and people are feeling that's super helpful for us. I mean, we're taking some of the donations to even help with getting the books done. Yeah. Which is really needed because I'll just be really honest with you (laughs) when it comes to writing content. No problem, Bob. When it comes to designing it, that's not my forte. (laughs) Yeah. So not, not, not our gifting. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a great, book designer working on it. And uh, when you hear his name, you're going to be pumped. So we'll let you know later. Um, yeah. And then we've got postpartum courses flying out off the shelf. Our people are just getting a lot out of that. 
Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, we launched the Christian postpartum course. It's the very first ever course for women on that particular season in a woman's life to teach them how to heal naturally from common postpartum discomforts so, and how to prevent postpartum Super depression. cool. And there's a package that comes with yeah. Redeeming Childbirth, which has been a long time best-selling book. Plan. So yeah. we just wanted to catch you up. We don't talk a lot about these things, but you're a part of this. You're part of the One Million Legacies yeah. movement, uh, how to have, to have an indelible impact on one million families and yeah. uh, and You know, onward. and it's interesting too, on, on that note, it's it's always interesting to me how many messages I get like on Instagram or emails that are like, oh, we love your podcast. Do you have any books? Do you have any resources? And people don't even know yeah. necessarily that we have a couple books and we have, I have a few Bible studies for women. Yeah. I have the Courageous Mom Bible study. We have the Parenting Mentor Program, the Biblical Friendship Online Bible study. So and you can find it all on course. the blog post, all the resources yeah. mentioned. But I do want to give you something free. If you haven't got it yet, the Date Night One Sheet and the free Courageous Parenting Workshop. We haven't mentioned that in a while, but oh, yeah. people are raving about that completely free. It's about 30 minutes. Uh, you have to sign Super up for quick. it. And uh, Angie and I giving um, you know six keys to being a courageous parent. And then at the end, if you ever wanted to see inside what the Parenting Mentor Program is, we spent a few minutes on that and yeah. um, so forth. So let's dive into this. Romans 12, 2. This is kind of a <laughs> signature verse. We've said it several times before. I just want to say it again as we're going into the mm. close of mm. this year because it really is the verse uh, of courageous parenting. And mm. it's, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So powerful. It takes renewing of our mind to receive the biblical truth and apply it in our lives and and not just look like the culture and go with the flow. If you go with the flow, not good. I was trying to think of something that rhymed, but I couldn't think of it. You're so funny. I also want to just, when you were reading it this time, some a, a different word stood out to me. It was renewing. It doesn't say renewed mind. It says renewing, ongoing which is an process. ongoing process, which means you need to be in the word ongoing. That's wise. Yeah. So that's really an encouragement for all of us, yeah. right? Is that we never arrive. We never get there. We need to be continually surrendering our minds, our thoughts, our opinions, yeah. right? And even our expectations yeah. of the world, of people around us, all kinds of things. Super important. So the first of the five areas is, and we tried to think of actually really profound ones yeah. that often aren't thought of. So this first one is is kind of like a soapbox for me. <laughs> People right? are dying to know. We're like hanging it out there. For I them. know. I know. Well, something you don't know about me, or maybe you do from listening to the podcast, maybe you could guess this. When I say it, I'm just going to share a little part of who I am. I'm, I'm kind of high justice. Mm. Right, Isaac? You care about things being done right and people giving credit where it's due. It's a really big deal to me. Like it really, plagiarism is like probably my highest pet peeve. So the first tip is taking credit. Credit. Now this happens in Mm -hmm. lots of different ways. Um, First, the way that is super detrimental to the spiritual development of your kids is to have prayer requests, to pray with the family, for your kids to pray, yep. and then you allow your kids to take credit because they've followed your example mm-hmm. of you taking credit 
for God answering prayers. Right. So some so one aspect of this being saved, thank goodness, because I'm a high justice person, one aspect of this is like, we just need to be giving God the glory. And that was definitely something that even God spoke strongly to you over a decade ago regarding business, right? Like that whole, that was a huge thing for your identity actually was being humbled. Am I building Isaac's kingdom or am I building God's kingdom? Right. And so for us, like this is something that we constantly are talking about. Like, are we pointing people back to the Bible? Because yes, we have opinions, but there's also biblical truth. And we want to make a strong distinction between the two. And we want to make sure that we're giving God the glory because even our opinions, because we're constantly in the word Mm -hmm. and our minds are being renewed, they're being renewing, right? We're renewing our mind regularly in the word. Even our thoughts, like they're God's actually, like to take credit for them is actually, it's it's not a good thing. God wants the glory. He totally does. That's actually why we're even here. Yeah. Like when you think about it and you're giving your kids purpose in life, right? And you're trying to give them vision for like, God chose you to be born in this generation for a purpose. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, accolades to you. Those two things don't go together. Like at all. Yeah. Right. We are here to know God and make him known to the world, not make Isaac and Angie known. So when you're praying, think about this with your kids too, and you pray to God for something. Uh, first of all, God hears all prayers. Yeah. Teach your kids that, by the way. But and he and he answers all prayers, and sometimes it's no, and yes. sometimes it's not in our timing, mm. and sometimes mm-hmm. it is in the same timing as ours, but not as often. But it has to be in God's will. And let me ask you a question: Do you think God is more likely to answer your prayers if you're building your kingdom or His kingdom? Right. Can he trust you? That's what it comes down to, right? I mean, we even talked a little bit about that in our testimony in the last podcast. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like asking ourselves that question constantly, can God trust us? That is a good question to even ask in regards to taking credit. Because if you're taking credit for things that God's doing, then he can't trust you to give him glory. Yeah. And and he wants to give you... He He's all-knowing, too. He kind of knows the future, mm-hmm, too. He knows mm-hmm, everything. Mm-hmm. So... Um, he knows if you're going to be trustworthy in the future too. So by the character you're developing today, uh, also determines your trustworthiness in the future yeah. that you don't even know about yet. So we need to care about the day and our decisions and our actions and our intent. So this is the other thing. This is why, so the reason why this could be a huge issue with your kids, there's a couple reasons, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about taking credit versus giving credit where credit is due. And we model that for our kids in many ways. You gave one example of modeling it as far as giving God the credit when he answers a prayer, yeah. right? Or giving God the credit when he gives you supernatural wisdom, mm. right? Like there's another one, right? Like maybe you make a good financial investment in something and God blesses it. And do you want like, your kids to go, wow, dad, you are so, so savvy. wise. Yeah. Or do you want them to go, wow, dad, mm-hmm. You are so godly because you trust God. You asked him for help and he mm-hmm. gave you the wisdom. And you had faith and you believed him. And Which yeah. one's better? Totally. I mean, and it, it, that goes with any decision-making process. It's not, I, I mean, I used a financial example, but it could have been any example, 
right? Like, do we take the wisdom that we find in the word of God and then change a couple words and go, oh, this is my wisdom, Mm. right? That's not giving God the credit. Mm -hmm. Like all of what we're doing should be constantly pointing back to the Lord. And as we're doing that and our kids see us doing that, then they catch the vision that it's about making him known. It's about glorifying God actually, right? Yeah, and then there's taking credit from each other. Within your family. Yes. This is a huge thing. This is something that we were talking about. So for example, like, um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this before where maybe you're planning a vacation and you have an idea for an excursion. And then the other person comes to the kids and goes, I have an idea. We (laughs) are going to go to Hawaii. And the kids are like, oh, my dad is so awesome. And then the mom just shrinks back because she's like, that was my idea. Have you ever had that friend? (laughs) Friend that means lots of different things, right? <laughs> you should read our listen to our episode that talks about friends, frenemies, frenemies, and friendlies, and friendlies. Yes, that's another. Find that. Yeah, it's not in the anyway. title, so I don't know how you find it, but it'd be great if the. It was, we actually should do a podcast on that sometime. Okay, we're getting off topic. Okay, so imagine having a friend where you're talking about something one on one, and then the next time you guys are all together with other friends. He says that Ex- idea that you, that you just and he didn't agree with it before even yeah, maybe and yeah. you had to convince him of it. You're like, what, what? is happening here? This is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to my words, but they're coming out of your mouth. <laughs> How can somebody live with that? So I know, but it happens a lot. And so if we're so in ourselves and in, I think that what that is a sign of is Actually, it's like a form of narcissism, isn't it? Self-absorption. They don't. They probably they don't even don't know. They don't even they took know it. that they took it, and it's it's really dangerous because imagine growing up in a home with someone like that, where you may say something significant, and you're like, "Oh, I hope my mom or my dad like is impressed by this." This I I saw this thing in scripture, and I like made that like. I see these connecting the dots. This is exciting. And they bring it to their dad and and then their dad's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I already know that. It's a know-it-all culture. That kind of culture is like really hard to to grow up in. Here's an important leadership thing, which is another way to say that exact same thing, which Mm -hmm. is look, even if you know something when someone comes to you with something, don't just tell them you know it right away. Just to make your point. It's such a good point, honey. Thank you. Yeah. So there's actually a verse that I wanted to share that's in Hebrews. Mm. And it's about giving credit where credit is due. It says to give. Um, She's literally looking at it. Up I, right I am. Now. I'm looking Impromptu. it up right now. <laughs> the other one, while you're finding that, the third yes. one under taking credit is taking credit from others outside of your family. Oh, yeah. And so, like, you know, social media. What about that, honey? I don't even like going to my news feed because I have to be really careful not to to become critical in my mind. And that can become like it can actually, you know, I'm just letting you into how my mind works. It literally like breaks my heart because this is a character issue, right? Yeah. This is an integrity issue, taking credit for other people's work, work. Yeah. right? That's why plagiarism is illegal 
right? Like we do essentials, which is uh, classical conversations with yeah. our kids. And the very first week, the tutor always, I appreciate this so much because they're doing the excellence in writing program, learning how to rewrite papers so that they can learn how to write a paper, yeah. right? But at the beginning of this and multiple times throughout, they remind the kids of how important it is not to plagiarize. Yeah. And I just, I feel like it's a matter of respect and honesty and integrity, right? And so- Make sure you're teaching your kids this because um, there's a lot of adults that have this challenge today of, you know, taking- What's the rat race too, Taking right? other people's ideas. Yeah. Slight twist. I mean, like it's, it's about having integrity, being a man or a woman of God when no one's looking. Yeah. And- being willing to give credit where credit is due because that's what the Bible tells you to. It's actually Romans 13 verse seven that says, pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to those whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed and honor to whom honor is owed. Now you could go into depth into each of these things, right? But like plagiarism is a big deal because authors make money off of what they write and it's hard work right now there was a season where i read every leadership book i could when i was younger and all kinds of yeah. books i know you did too well, so, yeah. and 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 so i just know a lot, a lot of, of famous quotes and yeah. a lot of things have been written by people 200 years old or older and yeah, that aren't here anymore that aren't here anymore and then i see like these memes on social media with the exact quote that you remember from reading that it i in know a book, came from but it's not the person a you Dale Carnegie or one of yes. these, you know, guys, and, uh, and then it's not credited to where it is. You know, it actually makes somebody look good when you give credit. Totally, it makes them look like they actually have confidence. And not... what? And what does it say to your kids? So the first yeah. point was, don't take credit for what's not yours. And at the same time, take ownership or credit as far as like owning your faults. So in your marriage, mistakes, right? this is a thing that happens in marriage. Totally. How many times do you have a hard time saying I'm wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Correct? Yeah. And to really truthfully, like even in front of your kids, to apologize, to own your mistakes, Which to take credit for even the bad things. Like we yeah. need to like fess up, own up and go, yeah, you know what? I... I blew it right there. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will has some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, it's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. And you can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings 
and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Apologizing is point two, uh, which is we must apologize. How often do they see you as a husband or you Mm -hmm. as a wife apologizing apologizing to the other spouse? It's a really big deal. And you know what's interesting about this? I have to bring up this story, which I think we talked a little bit about it in a Facebook Live in our Parenting Mentor Program because somebody asked a question. And so I'm just going to reiterate that. It's actually a question that I got from somebody on Instagram um, in a message because I always try to get back to people and give them um, advice or pray for them if I don't have advice. But um, Someone recently asked and said, hey, so you recommend getting down to your child's level and looking at them in the eye and having them put their hands on your cheeks to help them get emotional self-control and to calm down. I've never heard of that before. And then they went on to say that they, they, I'm not going to say who it was that they read in a book, but they read a popular author in parenting Mm -hmm. and he actually recommends he doesn't say not to do that because that's not something that people have ever recommended before. That was something we kind of came up with, but um, as far as like the cheeks and mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. But he literally says in this book that they need to stand up and not get down to the child's level so that there is a healthy fear there. Like as a child's looking up at them and that they are resembling an authority, kind of like how God mm-hmm. is in authority. And it just did not sit well with me because imagine like a two-year-old, they haven't actually been taught how to have emotional self-control. So they're having unrealistic expectations of that two-year-old to have self-control over their emotions when they've never been taught how to do it. The whole point of getting down to their level and teaching them how to breathe calmly and at t- and teaching them the words yeah. of have self-control yeah is teaching them how to have self-control. It's teaching them how to be aware of their physiological symptoms of when they're moving into conflict and they're getting too emotional, right? And that's what we need to do. We need to train our children in emotional intelligence. They don't just come out with emotional intelligence. And not only that, but then like as I thought about it more and more, I was like, Jesus came down to earth. Mm -hmm. He came down to our level. And he lived among us and he suffered, right? Yeah. Like, and and isn't he the ultimate example of what it looks like? And not only that, but the Bible and all throughout John 14 says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. It doesn't say if you fear me, mm-hmm. you'll obey my commandments. We don't want our kids. We don't, we are not fear-based parenting here. And so when it comes to apologizing, this is full circle, right? Like we actually also need to be able to apologize to our kids. So yeah, it starts from the marriage. And if your kids are having a hard time apologizing to each other, yeah. they might not be seeing it lived out in your marriage. They might be seeing True. the opposite. When uh, somebody says they're wrong, the wife says, oh, this really bothers me. 
Yeah. And then the husband gets defensive. Yeah. Instead of apologizing. I mean, God's word is really, it gives us a lot of warnings about reaping and sowing and what kind of fruit, like bad fruit, mm-hmm. right? A tree, a bad, a tree that has, is is not healthy is going to bear bad fruit. Yeah. Right? And, and parents, we are one. Mm-hmm. Like as husband and wife, we are one. And we bear fruit through our children, actually, yeah. in, in how we raise them, but also in how our marriage interacts, how we interact with one another is going to affect their future marriages. Yeah. And that is an element of fruit. I had a friend I, I met with today, and uh, I hope he listens to this because it was a powerful point. He, he went and spent some time with his dad that he hadn't seen in a while, and it reminded him of all throughout his childhood when his dad did something um, that deserved an apology, he always apologized to him from being very little all the way up. And that was a really powerful thing mm-hmm. that he remembers about his dad. That's really and so cool. I think it's so important to, as you were saying, we need to apologize to our kids. We we do. Otherwise, what? how else are they going to learn that it's important to have integrity in that and owning and taking credit for their mistakes? Mm-hmm. Proverbs 27 says, the righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Yeah. And so both of these elements, there is an element of integrity in regards to um, taking ownership over your faults, giving credit where credit is due, honor where honor is due, respect where respect is due, and being able to to apologize. Yeah. That's a, those are th- those things are a matter of integrity actually. Yeah. And so a big thing that prevents people from apologizing and you, you can't teach this unless you live it is sometimes we feel like we can't apologize unless the other person fully understands every area they have done contributed to the problem first. And that can just fester wow. up argument and it's kind of a no-win situation. And I just think we need to lead in apologizing mm-hmm. without expecting them, the other person to see every scenario. Imagine if your kids were that way. Yeah. Well, I'm oh, not going to apologize until oh, he... Oh, your, your spouse. Yeah. Whew. Right? That's hard. Oh, that would be hard. That's, that's a hard, yeah. hard deal. So super important. Hebrews 12, 14 through 15 says, uh, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Um, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. That root of bitterness can destroy. And yeah. so apologizing is a key thing. Is there any bitterness in your marriage? It's a good question, because this could be potentially one huge way that you are really hurting your kids. Yeah. Oh, big, big time. Why don't you kick off with uh, the third point? So communication. Communication is a big deal. Um, And there are a few different aspects to communication, right? Yeah. Obviously, talking and listening. Yeah. Right? But actually, one of the things I feel like you and I have, well, you've always been a really good listener. Oh, thanks. I think you are. I have not always been a good listener. I would say you've improved by 500% in the last five years. Thank you. Yeah. I think I've improved a lot. But 500 percent is quite an encouragement. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I got humbled big time. One of the things that I've shared with moms many times over the years is that we as moms, especially when we have kids in the home all day long, mm-hmm. we're, we may be training them and teaching them, 
But in the midst of doing training and teaching all day long, we're also training ourselves to always be teaching. And teachers are speaking. Yeah. Right? And so we need to be aware of that and we need to be purposeful in practicing the art of listening as well. Otherwise, we could become so inclined to just teach all the time that we don't take time to listen. And which that's what starts, happened to me. Which starts in our marriage, though. Yeah. And so what happens, it trickles down into your parenting, which is <laughs> if there is poor communication in yeah. the marriage, it's a big challenge. So, hey, guys, do you have a hard time sharing the details with your wife about things? I know I've dealt with that before. And you know what? I have just realized if I spend the quality time sharing the details mm -hmm. with my wife and I and I'm let's say I'm at a meeting and she wants to know about it or whatever, an event or she's not with me and yeah. uh, she needs to know or wants to know about something. I kind of already know because I know her. We need to study our spouses mm -hmm. and she's going to want to know. So I think about her. Mm -hmm. And so I actually pay attention to more details when I'm. At places, I know you're going to want to know you something about. You can take notes. I mean, he sometimes. comes back from like men's meetings with notes to share with me sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. I have in the past. And so uh, whatever is, rel you know, prudent to share. And, yeah. and, um, and you know, I share it and I spend the time. Yeah. And I find if I invest and I share that time, you feel filled up because that's important to you. Yeah. And I don't have to talk about it anymore. Right. Yeah. And you're caught up. It's awesome. Yeah, but communication is key. Do your kids see yeah. you communicating, enjoying it? Yeah, enjoying it is a big deal. But there's also, so I'll just share a little She's up brief to something story. In her head. No, I, I just overheard. The, okay, so I love watching old couples. Mm -hmm. I think they're so cute. Like I'm talking, only some of them. No, I think they're all cute. <laughs> like if they're. 50s to yeah, 80s the older they get the cuter they are but there was this couple grocery shopping and he had his oxygen tank oh, and he, awesome. was, he was pushing the grocery cart <laughs> and his wife was like in front of the grocery cart putting all kinds of things in the cart and she's like come on honey and she's like pulling the cart to make it move faster and he's <sighs> breathing you know <laughs> and i'm like oh man they're so cute and then they they were behind me in line and she starts like talking about all the things that she's going to make for all the meals for the whole week. Do you like this? Do you think that this would taste good with this? And she's just talking and he goes, yes, dear. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Over and over and over again. And I'm standing in front of him trying so hard not to laugh. But I just, and they were cute, but there was this part of me that was like, does he ever get a chance to talk? Mm. And I, because usually I see cute little old couples and I'm like, oh, I want to be like them. Like I see them holding hands mm -hmm. or dancing at a wedding. And I'm like, oh, I hope we get to live till we're in our 90s together. Mm -hmm. And, but this time I like, and I, they were very cute. And I don't mean to be disrespectful in any kind of way, but it just made me reflect and go, it's so important that we practice now the ability to listen to one another and to let each other speak because that was not happening in that marriage. And they probably been married. I mean, I don't know their story, but they were in the, their late seventies. So, yeah, you know, so do your kids see that? I mean, women have way more words that, I mean, it's proven, right? Way yeah, more like words. 30,000 words compared, a day compared to men, 10, uh, the typical man's yeah. man. So do, you know, it's important that your kids see the wife listening. 
to their husband, drawing out the depths of the man's heart. Hey, quiet and gentle spirit. I mean, there, there's a lot of wisdom in, I even think about be slow to speak, quick to listen and slow to become angry. Like those things all go together. Right. And so many times, like if I just meditate on being slow to speak and quick to listen, those two things, then I don't find myself typically angry, actually, like if I'm, if I truly am. And so in communication, if you are, if you get too comfortable in your marriage and you think you know what your spouse is saying and you interrupt them to say what you think they're going to say, I mean, I've struggled with that. You struggle with that. We've both done that to each other, right? We've talked about this. And I'm sure tons of other couples do too. When you've been married a long time, you tend to think that you know what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. But how many times have you and I been wrong when we've done that? Yeah. And then the other person sits there going, nope, that's not what I was going to say. Yeah. Right? And it's a lesson in being patient, being slow to speak, quick to listen versus quick to speak and slow to listen. And of course, is that what we want our kids to do with us? No. Or with each other or with their future spouses. Yeah. We don't want them interrupting, finishing sentences. We want them to be quick to listen, Uh slow to become angry, patient with everyone. I actually think that if more parents, like interrupting is a really big deal. We take that pretty seriously with our kids as far as like teaching them Mm -hmm. to put their hand on our lap or on Mm -hmm. our arm. Mm -hmm. Um, We're working on that with our three-year-old right now. The last month, he's just been much more verbal. Yeah, I've noticed you've been working on that yeah. today because he comes up to me when I get home, puts his little hand on my arm and waits. Yeah, he can, sometimes he's really patient and other times he forgets because he's just very excited or he's just self-absorbed, right? Yeah. And I just, but there's this element where I just think that every human being needs to be reminded, including moms and dads, in your marriage, but then also in the family setting, yeah. do you typically interrupt Mm. because if you're telling your kids not to and then you're doing it you're being a hypocrite and i'm just i'm i know that that might seem harsh to say it quite like that but Mm -hmm. i'm preaching to myself Mm -hmm. because this is something that i've been personally convicted on is that sometimes i just don't have time right i'll be like on my way out the door and i have to mediate something and i'll interrupt Mm -hmm. but that's just not okay yeah and do we get frustrated when our kids are constantly interrupting each other, not communicating effectively, misunderstand each other. Or maybe like, I mean, you guys know we have eight kids. So imagine us on the RV trip, all of us together, and we're sitting around eating dinner or we're playing a game, right? And people, if people start talking over each other, there are certain personalities that are just not going to assert themselves and try to make their opinion known. And if you watch their face, it's like they withdraw into themselves and it's really sad. It's hurtful when other people don't go, hey, what do you think about this? Yeah, there's two different kinds of people or there's many kinds of people, but two basic generalities here is one is, well, I talk to figure out what I want to say. Verbal processors. Okay, and then there's the other one that's like, well, I only want to say something if it improves upon the silence, which by the way, somebody famous said that. That's not something that I'm going to take credit for. Yeah, I can't remember who but that's not my, not my words, but there's two different kinds of people. Right. And the person that processes verbally is going to drown out the other. So unless there's maturity and we need to model that maturity. So if you're in a marriage where one person talks way more than the other, that person needs to be mature and model 
letting the other person communicate and speak and all that kind of stuff. Super, super important. And here's a key thing, and then we'll move on, is you have to assume virtue. So in your marriage, do we sometimes get worn patterns of expecting the mm -hmm. worst of each other? That can happen in communication, can't it? Yeah. Oh, I see where he's going. I see where she's going. It's going to be a bad thing mm -hmm. he's going to say when he might be saying a good thing. Mm -hmm. So fresh start in your communication in your marriage. Assume virtue. Yeah. I used to teach this all the time in leadership. It's assume virtue. Assume the best. Versus the worst about people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's the difference between being an optimist or a, or a pessimist or a skeptic, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, Romans 12, 10 says, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another mm, in I showing like honor. Like How that. do you outdo one another in showing honor in your marriage? How do you outdo one another in showing honor in your family setting, right? Yeah. It's taking a moment to look, see one another yeah. and go, that kid hasn't talked lately. Maybe I should ask their opinion at Family Bible Time. You're really good at doing that. Where you'll okay. like go, Drew, what do you think? And you know what I mean? And it keeps the conversation going, but it also shows that child that you value their thoughts and their opinions. You're showing honor to them. And it's it's a great form of leadership. Well, Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Mm. By the way, these scriptures you can take and use with your kids. Yeah. And we encourage you to do that. So super mm -hmm. important. The fourth uh, area your marriage might be a bad example for your kids is gossip. gossip. Okay. It's a big deal. It's a big one. So... The question is, in your marriage, mm -hmm. do you talk about other people in front of your kids? Mm -hmm. Oof. Oof. I mean, I think a lot of people um, justify that they're venting to their spouse. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, we're one. We're communicating. I need your wisdom. And, and um, you know, that kind of... Right. I've, I've, I've even done that to well, where I'm like... Sometimes, hey, sometimes it's appropriate. Yep. Not in front of the kids. Right. And sometimes it can be not in a marriage and you can be justifying gossip amongst yourselves, even not around the kids. Right. But none of it, unless it's super positive, should be happening from the kids. Right. And, you know, it's well, gossip is slanderous. It's not positive. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, sometimes when there's things that you have to deal with, you have to talk through things to get wisdom before you're dealing with a conflict or something like that, right? Yeah. You seek wise counsel. That's a biblical concept. Yeah. However, are you doing it in a way that is tainting your spouse's view of that person? Can they handle that? And mm -hmm. are you doing it in front of the kids? Like Isaac was saying, there's another um, passage of scripture in Ephesians 429 mm. that says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up Love that. according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Yeah. So is what you are saying in between you and your spouse going to benefit the kids if they're listening? Yeah. If it doesn't benefit them, then it probably shouldn't be said in front of them. I, I honestly think that this concept of like gossip in marriage is probably not on the majority of people's radars. Yeah. And it's it's a he it is one of the top 5 things you could potentially be doing that will negatively 
hurt your kids. And talk about kids eventually thinking you're a hypocrite. Chances are the things you don't like in other people that you're going to gossip about are existing Mm -hmm. within you. Not always, but chances are. It's why, you know, take the plank Mm -hmm. out of your own eye. Yeah. You know, so that that's uh, that's a a relevant thing to think about. So gossip. Mm -hmm. James 126. um, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart. Mm-hmm. This one's religion is useless. Okay. So pure yeah. and undefiled religion for God and father is this mm-hmm. to visit orphans and all that. But we've got to make sure what comes out of our tongue is pure and is good, is wholesome. And our kids follow our example. Mm-hmm. Do we want totally. them to gossip about their friends? No. Gossip about each other, turn on each other. What about us? Like they could gossip about parents. I mean, truthfully, like this is actually something that for for a long time, this has been on Isaac and I, our radar, and we've been really careful, but we want our kids to have a um, healthy, honoring, respectful view of their grandparents, Yeah. right? And so we try to honor our parents by how we uh, portray them Mm -hmm. to the grandkids. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's a really important thing that you are proactively walking that out, because if you want them to proactively honor you in front of your grandkids, then they'd better see it in your home. Right. And that is that's all of these things are things that everybody probably has to work on. Right. Um, But it's just good to verbalize it, to think about it. The reason we know these things is because we've at one time or another struggled with all of these. Totally. Yes. So, and the fifth and final thing is friendship. That's one of the areas your marriage mm-hmm. might be a bad example. Right. Are Actual you friends? friends? Enjoying communicating with each other, enjoying yeah. time with each other in front of the kids, mm-hmm. enjoying each other's companies, just sitting behind the, sitting next to a fire and chatting. Mm-hmm. To you know, going on a date together, or um, just just actually being nice to each other. Yeah. Like. You know, one of the things that I ask the kids when they have a hard time speaking kindly to one another is I say, would you treat so-and-so? And I usually name one of their closest friends outside of the family. And just say, would you treat that person the way you're treating your brother or sister right now? And they're like, no. And I go, well, then you need to go back and you need to apologize. You need to own that. Yeah. And that's something that I even think about. Like, would I treat my closest girlfriends the way I treat you mm-hmm. right and it's like it's just a powerful thing to constantly check yourself Ooh. against and go hey am I treating them the way I would want to be treated am yeah. I treating them respectfully let's model friendship with our marriages yeah and model what we want their future marriage to look like mm-hmm. here's the thing can you look at your kids and say follow our example. Yeah. Dads, can you look at the sons and say, follow my lead. This is how you be a husband. And moms, can you look at your daughters and say, follow my lead. This is how to be a great wife. And if that's convicting, well, you know what conviction is good for? Change. Change and growth. This is courageous parenting. So thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. 
Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.